This is episode 183 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 183 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have James Fernandez on the show. He is returning for the second time. And James is just a really interesting guy. Um, every time I follow his stories, see the funny things that he posts, he's got a lot of personality, very aggressive real estate investor, very fast moving. Highly recommend you watch the first episode in addition to watching this one. Uh, but we dug into the most recent uh, large apartment building that he bought, $5 million purchase price, $500,000 in on top of that. Uh, how that building's performing, what he's doing with that. We talked about Airbnb and the bylaws changing in London and what the outlook is, what's happening. We talked about storage facilities. James is buying storage facilities in Illinois. So as you can tell, this is a pretty jam-packed episode. And you might even want to grab a pen and paper and take some notes on this one because James is just a wealth of knowledge. I'm really glad that he made the trip up for this episode, and I think you're going to be glad as well. Just before we jump in, if you're analyzing deals and you'd like a little help uh, from a cash flow tool, I have my cash flow analyzer spreadsheet on my website, which you can download. Um, some people reach out to me and say they can't download it. It is an issue with your pop-up blocker. So if you get the link and it won't download, just copy and paste that into a new window and it will work. And as always, I wanted to ask you to take a moment real quick, smash all the buttons here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed uh, so you can get notified when new episodes come out. And if you're an audio listener, Five stars and a great review would be greatly appreciated. It'll help this podcast get into more people's hands. So thanks for doing that. And let's jump into episode 183 with James Fernandez. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have James Fernandez on the show again, but this time face-to-face. Yeah. We never actually met <laughs> face-to-face. So uh, good to have you here, James. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always a blast uh, talking to you. I was just talking to a couple of guys. Like, I know you you d- dig uh, a lot deeper into the numbers than I personally normally do. So I was like, yeah. sure. I was like, oh, maybe I should bring some notes or something, but... We'll see. We'll know. get there. <laughs> it's totally off the cuff. Like I, I kind of developed a reputation to doing that with really no specific intention to. I was just like curious, like, OK, yeah, let's fair. let's see how this works. Um, so we may, we may not. It depends on where we go. Yeah, fair but, enough. We'll uh, see how we wrap it around. But uh, yeah, so I think last time you came on, we had talked about the fact that um, you were in real estate full time. Were you not? At, yeah, at the time? I think so. I, I had just left my job July or so, July, August in yeah. 2021. So that was at my year and roughly a half, like February 2020 was my start point kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year and a half. And then now it's a full year almost after that. So uh, let's just call it two and a half years. And um, I definitely have not looked back. Um, I work a lot more now, <laughs> I think. But yeah. uh, it's for myself and my my own things that so I can guide my own time. Yeah. Tell me tell me about your your typical day. Um, typically working. Yeah, I guess today's not quite typical. Um, nice uh, Sunday cruise out here, even though it's in the middle of the week. But um, most of my my mornings usually are uh, wake up around seven, um, do gym for about an hour, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then focus work basically until around 11. So that's where my phone is off or silented mm-hmm. and no one's contacting me. So I can actually like think and get like kind of deep focus work done. Um, after that, uh, maybe some food and then doing all the random stuff that doesn't actually take that much focus but it needs mm-hmm. to get done anyway so interacting with suppliers contractors gc stuff whatever any anything else yeah. getting um my tasks out to the crew for the rest of the week type of thing whatever yeah. it is so 
you're talking crew so re refresh me and anyone who hasn't seen you on this podcast before what type of investing you're doing where you're focused and sure. you know what kind of goes into that in terms of your time yeah um the the shiny object syndrome is kind of i guess my my thing in general so um airbnbs uh i have a bunch in london and we'll talk a little bit about the london bylaw stuff um where they're starting to kind of ban it basically um so airbnbs is part of it uh property management of my own stuff managing my property managers for other stuff um my, my own stuff but they take care of it but managing them mm -hmm. um my virtual assistant um my contractors and then my handyman um yeah those are like kind of the different people that i'm you're communicating with communicating with on the daily i'd say so london's a, a focus you've acquired a bunch of properties there yeah. um what other cities uh chatham and sarnia basically so okay. and i uh, got a couple of closes right now uh, one's in perry sound for self-storage and one's in illinois um in the states for self-storage so that's kind of like the, the new <laughs> kind of we'll see what happens i don't know yeah. we'll try it if I think about states that I would invest in, Illinois wouldn't be among the first. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just the deal was just yeah. really good. That's basically how how it happened. Um, I was actually we had talked about this uh, kind of through our DMs um, and over the phone about Ohio and Columbus and mm -hmm. um, doing like residential multifamily type of stuff over there. Um, and that was actually the intent <laughs> at the start. Yeah. But um, when this deal came up and um, like just how it happened is just like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be pulling out the spreadsheet, I guess. <laughs> so I'll have to pull up mine as well, yeah. just to make sure I have uh, good numbers for you. I mean, okay. So you're familiar with investor girl, Brit, right? Uh, what's investor that? girl, Brit? Are you familiar? Oh with yeah. Her? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's, uh, obviously changed gears and very much yeah. self-start. Yeah. I, I talk to her every now yeah. and then. Um, she, she was one of the huge, like kind of motivating factors or inspirations the same for AJ Osborne and uh, Nick Huber as well. Um, for like going into kind of this going direction so storage yeah um it, okay it just also at the same time like getting frustrated with the ontario landlord tenant board and um my lack of control over my assets mm -hmm. um whereas this is like almost like dictator control <laughs> in the in the yeah end, so yeah yeah it's a I mean, that's why I find it curious you know uh, illinois but i guess if the deal works the deal works yeah on the commercial <laughs> side um yeah like it's totally different regardless yeah, yeah it doesn't state, matter right? like the so, landlord laws don't really apply in the same way so that's yeah, why so, where i figured you're yeah. kind of coming from on on the residential side illinois isn't as like landlord friendly but yeah. on the commercial side it's a commercial contract that you can control so right yeah um a little bit of help there yeah for sure yeah. okay so what uh did you do this by yourself or with a partner uh and so nathan klim is my business partner for okay. the self-storage stuff and um we both are really aligned in kind of our values uh for a lot of things but uh, on on the illinois side or in the state side both of us really wanted to look into getting our e2 visa and have an option basically um if we did ever need to exit canada and mm -hmm. that type of thing we we have that option available to us and one of the requirements for the e2 is you need an active business and you kind of need money at risk before applying so we mm -hmm. figured this was kind of a good type of way to get yeah. into that and uh, you've spoken with a lawyer already about this and they were favorable to your plan about yeah. Yeah, doing uh, storage as an active business. Does that qualify as an active business? Um, it depends how active, right? So yeah. um, as long as you have your business plan really well set out, which um, I think that we do, um, that was an, an avenue that we're looking at. Prior to that, we were looking at uh, Columbus, Ohio, and mainly because it's so close that if we screwed everything up, mm. we could just drive over and fix it. Yeah. Um, that was one of the, the things, but we were looking at Airbnbs there 
as an active business, as another avenue or yeah, an HVAC company or a plumbing company or something, just something to make sure that we're yeah. able to qualify. You guys have the licenses for that or we, like any background in that, that type of business? Not other than fixing yeah. our own stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> ah, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Everything's figure outable. Yeah. So indeed. Um, okay. So what did you, uh, what did you buy the self storage for? Uh, 120,000 us. So that's actually a $70,000 purchase price and a $50,000 wholesale fee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you found a wholesaler there to help you. Uh, yeah, he actually, um, really cool guy. Um, we can kind of maybe post his details so other people want to talk to him, but, um, he lives like in Medina in Columbia. Okay. <laughs> he virtually wholesales his stuff and virtually runs his own self-storage business as well. So, um, another like kind of inspiration and motivation where if mm. if he can do it, we can do it, that type of thing. Um, yeah. So just building off the models of what other people have done, not really reinventing anything at all ever. Um, hey, that's the way I like it. <laughs> Don't bother inventing the wheel. Yeah. It's the worst. Um, okay. What did you, uh, do you have to invest anything into that beyond the purchase? So at the moment, no. All we All we really need to do is just make sure it's running properly at capacity. Mm -hmm. um advertising um seo uh, like just basically streamlining the business yeah. does it have an employee that works there uh they they don't and they you don't really need one so it's automated access it should be automated like okay. uh right now basically the people that have been there have forgot that they even own the self-storage facility they just keep paying monthly which is great that's actually mm -hmm. what you want you don't want people coming in and out and remembering that they have stuff there yeah that we have this automatic uh, withdrawal on their yeah. account every month Exactly. So the payment so. systems, was that stuff that you had to um, we, give we'll notice be, and adapt your own? Or were you able to use the existing payment system and withdrawal you system? Can, you can use the existing stuff, but we'll be fully updating everything yeah. and bringing the rents up to market. We'll probably lose a few people, bring bring some more in, that type of thing. Um, but there's a lot of really cool software already that exists that we'll be using kind of off the shelf and piecing together to make yeah. sure that it fits how we want to run the business, which is virtually. So one of the things that kind of came up is like, well, who's picking up the keys? Mm -hmm. And we're like, gosh, shit. Pure later. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll probably just hire a local realtor um, to just go yeah. pick up the keys and put it in a lockbox type of thing on site. And then right. we'll get our handyman and whatever else to kind of take care of it from there. Okay. Have you been down there physically? No. no. I don't even know what it looks like so other than the, truly the drone virtual. Picture. Truly yeah. virtual. Okay. So, so no upgrades really needed. Like, it, could you put a budget on what you actually need to do to the place? Um, 1500 bucks. 1500 So yeah. nothing much. Maybe uh, like tighten some door springs and like change yeah. a couple or whatever. But so just a little bit of maintenance pretty much. So no yeah. no real investment for, for upgrade. Not at the start. Yeah. We do want to add another, it's 25 units. We do want to add another 25 units at some point, but that's only yeah. going to come after we stabilize the business in, in our process. Did you finance it? Uh, it's actually a, like a private loan that we're putting them in. So they get 50% equity of the property and they're bringing all the money. So Who, who's they? Uh, it's a, you have an like, investor? an investor here in Canada. That So they want to oh. also eventually move like some cash down the States and stuff. So we're working. So like, it's a loan, but it's accounts. equity? Yeah, yeah. So like a joint venture agreement type of okay, thing. Okay, so you yeah. have a JV agreement yeah. with them. Uh, but are you paying their principal back at interest? Uh, not end interest. So basically... Just, just like they they contribute the capital, they get their capital back, they're 50% owner. And plus the improvement that we bring. They're going to do that too. So basically, let's just say if, if we're for easy numbers, 100 grand goes to 200, mm -hmm. that extra 100 grand is split in 50, uh, okay. or sorry, uh, 50%. And that profit uh, on refi would go to them as well. 
So, okay. And they get yeah. their initial investment in the, in the process. Yeah, so yeah. That's pretty that's standard, standard, very standard stuff. Standard yeah, stuff you, yeah, you recoup whatever you've put in and then you split the upsides 50-50. Right. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, what? How many units is this place? Uh, this one's 25. 25 units. Yeah. And what is the average locker rent for? Mm, right now, it's around $80 or so. So 80. But uh, markets around 100 or so, I think. I, I have to look a little bit more closely, but... Uh, Okay. Let's use those numbers for now. <laughs> so if it's 80, then that's $2,000 a month coming in. Um, let's work out like some of your monthly expenses sure. on that. You're going to have uh, some sort of property tax bill. Yeah, there's a property tax. I think that one's around $2,000 a year US. Yeah, we'll assume we're working all in US numbers. Here, yeah, right? for sure. Okay, so insurance-wise, what are you paying there? Um, like a commercial policy, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's not that intensive, actually, because the tenants actually have their own insurance for their contents. Yeah, their contents, everything. yeah, so you're not And then our building, it doesn't have, like, water, sewer, electrical. It doesn't you have don't have any of that stuff. Nothing. Yeah, it's okay. just a door that rolls up and down. I love it, yeah. Um, so the insurance is actually pretty low. It's around $1,500. Nice. Okay. Um, Maintenance-wise, you gotta have somebody come in. Yeah, there, we, clean we just put up. it at one percent um, for maintenance. Um, we have a separate like kind of line item for landscaping cleanup that type yeah, of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you okay. want to, I don't know, maybe put it like roughly five well, percent all in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, five percent is twelve hundred bucks. I mean, how do you landscape, snow remove, and handle like there's little not broken? Really, there's not really landscaping though, right? Like it's just there's... crushed gravel and. Oh, you don't have any grass anywhere on site. Not no grass really. Um, Snow removal. Snow, snow removal would probably like again separate line item is what we yeah. had it. So yeah, snow um, removal. I, I, we usually do like a hundred bucks a month type of thing on for average. Those snowy months. Yeah, yeah so five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, utilities. You don't have anything. No lights. There are no lights on site. <laughs> there's there are no lights. There, like, there's nothing. It's literally just uh, like a big metal box with a door. So there's not even electrical service to the site. There's service there, but um, I think even that it's like thirty bucks max a month. Yeah. Um, like, and I'm rounding up aggressively, I think. On yeah. That, okay. So, so it's not like Ontario. Bucks a year, yeah. Yeah. Not like Ontario where it's illegal to disconnect from the service and run your own thing. Um, there, uh, like I, I need to check that connection cost, but yeah. like our, like we'd probably maybe throw up a camera if you want to call it 500 bucks yeah. a year. Sure. 500 um, bucks a year. We'll, we'll call it that. Okay. And then management. Management, we're actually running at 10%. Um, 100%. and the, the reason that we're doing it like that is because, um, there's software costs that help us with the management. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe there might be like a, a random call here or there that we'd have to account for it um, for whatever random kind of things come yeah. up. So we ran it at 10%, which is kind of aggressive, I think. Like 10% is like, sure. I don't know, whatever. 10% just yeah. in case <laughs> for our idiot fund, uh, it can go in there. Well, it's kind of like storage light because you're only 25 units and... I'm, I'm interested to see how these numbers work mm-hmm. now with the maintenance i'm just thinking like what happens if a door breaks eventually one of those doors is going to slide off its rail going to need some repair yeah. like i'm trying to think well, what things would a would be in your life cycle maintenance yeah like, um repaving the parking lot yeah possibly like uh it's recycled asphalt so just throw like another it's just like millings yeah it's yeah. just like crushed <laughs> whatever just throw it down yeah um so i don't know maybe two three grand on that max over the okay. life cycle there right um, yeah a couple doors like you're looking at uh, a brand new like door uh, lifter set is like a thousand bucks yeah so like exactly five grand over life cycle for all of them um right yeah so that's why i'm just yeah. thinking like in you know if i put a five percent maintenance that, yeah. yeah like you know 1200 a year is reasonable yeah. to kind of budget for all that I'd stuff say so yeah like yeah just throw like mm-hmm. i don't know five five percent is probably pretty good all right 
So, if you're uh, 120 grand on that, it's like a 12.83 cap rate. As is, yeah. As is, yeah. That's that's kind of numbers I like to like to see. So, yeah. and I that's mean, what I mean. Like so many people talk about this, um, and I've heard so many good things, but I've never done it myself. Yeah. And I always like to try. Like, and that's why, like, even for Airbnb, when people were initially talking about it. I just had to try and then I realized I actually did like it. It fit like kind of my lifestyle and yeah. how I ran it. So I did more. Um, and then there's things I've tried that I didn't like. So I just don't. don't so. Yeah. Well, I mean, this one is a good, good try. I think I, I hope it works out even better than this for you, but it's 1,283 cash flow on something, uh, assuming no loan, right? Yeah. Uh, so there is no loan. Uh, obviously, uh, you're not taking all that cash flow, but it's a nice start to something. Uh, it's my first property I've ever bought ever that cash flows on purchase because everything I've ever bought before has been like kind of a shithole that yeah. I needed to aggressively turn over. Um, yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's a very common story in Ontario. Yeah. yeah in you're, Ontario paying, you're paying too much <laughs> yeah. for everything. Yeah. Right. Um, this is why, you know, a lot of people do look elsewhere. Uh, it's not just in real estate stock investors. I hear them talk about it too. Yeah. Oh, we're looking at, you know, Asian markets and stuff because we can yeah. get better returns and make more sense. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at markets where the returns make more sense. So yeah, might as well try. Um, like our, our real worst case scenario is we're not able to turn over anything and we just make 1200 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> here's the easy part. Now I can adjust the number. So we had it at 80. If it goes up to a hundred on average mm-hmm. per unit, then now your cash, now your cap rate's 17%. Your cash flow goes up to 1700. Yeah. Maybe throw so. in like a 15% vacancy in there, which is aggressively yeah. high, but typically yeah. you want to run your vacancy from, from what I've learned yeah. around uh, 8% vacancy. Sure. If you're actually at you're pricing too low or yeah, too you're pricing high, yeah. too low or too high, if you're, yeah. if you're anywhere kind of beyond that, of that 93, yeah. 92% target. So, okay. So 1333 then if you're running a 15% vacancy, so that's, That'll hold. you know, these numbers, if you keep buying properties like that, you're laughing. So kind of the thought process behind this was, uh, you could get a bin for, let's just call it six grand, um, an eight by 20 bin for, mm-hmm. let's just call it six grand, maybe 6,500 bucks. Um, Let's just even call it 10. doesn't matter. You're talking about like a C-can? A C-can. Okay. All right. Let's just even call it 10. Yeah. But if you're able to rent that out for three to $4,000 a year, and you have like roughly a two-year, maybe two and a half year, if I'm calling it $10,000, which is aggressively high, mm-hmm. a two and a half year ROI, yeah. that's insane um, for any other real estate that I've done. If I'm buying a, like a... So you're going to put C-cans on this, this site as well? Potentially. Yeah. Um, that, you have zoning will allow that? Yeah, that. like it's existing, grandfathered in, that type of thing. So it's a rural commercial. It kind of helps uh, down there as well. That It's the states. It's a little helpful. And <laughs> so, where where in Illinois is this? Uh, Griggsville area. So What's it called? Griggsville. I'm going to look this <laughs> up good. now. So it's actually... Um, it's little... Uh, I guess... For us, every tertiary market, you're talking about like Chatham, Woodstock, whatever, where there's like 40,000 people. <laughs> tertiary markets in the States are a little bit different. Yeah, this looks like a tiny little one. <laughs> Griggsville. Okay, so where are you relative to? Yeah, it looks like you're like a couple hours from Chicago West, mm-hmm. right? Not too far from St. Louis, not too far from so Indianapolis. There, there's a tool called Radius Plus that yeah. was recommended to us that kind of shows the density of uh, the population and how much self-storage there is for that given population. Yeah. So using that, you can kind of figure out if it's uh, needed or not. So. Okay. So you ran the calculation here and how did you determine that it was needed? Uh, so basically it's the number of self-storage units per density Capita? of people type yeah. of thing. Um, 
it seems to be like a one to ten is like a fairly decent ratio. One for, to ten storage units per capita. So one storage unit for every like ten, 10 people, people type of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and in this case, it's it's higher, so like thirteen or fourteen or so. Where you're invested. Yeah. So you have your it's a slightly saturated market for storage. Un- unsaturated still, because like we can add more. Oh, units. you're saying there's ten to thir- thirteen people per every storage mm-hmm. unit. Okay, so, so you so add more units. To right. Bring yeah. Yeah. So now you'll bring the ratio back in line. Yeah. That okay. type of thing. I can't remember if that's the exact numbers. So if it's ten or or so, it's somewhere in that range. But um, I, I have to look at my my notes for that. But that's kind of one of the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, even with this facility, if they have a waiting list, chances are uh, we'll be all right <laughs> filling that. So, and do they have a waiting list? They do. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, some wholesaler brings this to you. How did you get connected with this wholesaler? A random Facebook group. Um, he's actually not, um, I guess, a real wholesaler. He buys facilities and whatever else. This is just too small for where he's at in his mm-hmm. portfolio. So he's getting rid of it. Um, his stuff is like. 100 unit up type of yeah. thing so the 20 little 25 um it's right up our alley because yeah. it's a training wheels property that even if things go kind of wrong at the end of the day it's yeah. like 200 canadian that we can figure out um right yeah that's like very reasonable investment very reasonable starting point from something that cash flows at the get-go mm-hmm. um doesn't seem like a city like that's going to be a, like a major crime city or anything no. like that so um you know that that part all seems pretty good um kind of a another Cash flow avenue. Like, there's so many different cash flow avenues that um, I initially didn't even think of. That some of them you can't do in Canada, but can do in the states. As an example, tenant insurance. You can actually charge out tenant insurance, um, and with through your insurance company, kind of sub, sublet that and mark it up. Yeah. Um, kind of neat. Uh, other cash flow avenue. Um, check in um, fees, cleanup fees, um, lien fees. You can charge everything. It's wild. Like, and how are you learning all this? Uh, just bigger pockets, Facebook groups, yeah. asking random people. Um, Does bigger pockets have like a couple of like specific episodes that, that you'd recommend for people um, interested I, in? This? I don't know the the like kind of. But you just search bigger pockets. Yeah, just like you, you type it up. Yeah. Um, the internet's a beautiful place <laughs> for, yeah. for these types of things, and there's a couple books out there. And like Nick Huber on Twitter, he has like basically a, a book that you can read that he posts like 50 tweets in a row. You can just like scroll through and read his like model it's phenomenal we actually have a, a hashtag on all our self-storage posts because we're still we're still trying to connect with him yeah and it's be be like nick <laughs> so yeah. um hopefully one day he'll see it when we're when we're maybe a little bit more established i'm not familiar with nick huber i mean the name sounds familiar mm-hmm. but maybe i'm tuning out of things too much yeah i mean that's not a such a bad thing either. what's his story for those who are not familiar um just uh kind of rags to riches guy uh, a lot riches. of a lot of self-storage does a lot of the the business planning himself yeah. and now he's scaled uh, dramatically and is he has he been on bigger pockets as well i honestly i don't know i, I i've so. never interacted with him in general um yeah but where i saw him is actually through like just twitter posts he, he posts like yeah kind of everything it's fantastic so okay i'll have to look into that mm-hmm. yeah i think like self-storage i've always loved the concept talked about it with buddies like it seems awesome and especially like i think economies up economies down (laughs) it's actually like a no-brainer because if people sell their homes because things get tough or they downsize they store but even the realtors in all types of range of the market all their staging stuff it's there yeah you need storage all the handymen their tools it's not going anywhere yeah yeah. Yeah. like it's that's what i mean so i've heard so many things about it like this and i just want to try for myself and kind of see um 
what the hype was about. <laughs> How do you think this fits with an E2? Because an E2 visa, you need to have, you need to show that it could support you, the income you make. Obviously, one of these is not. No, hell no. You. <laughs> is it part of a bigger, a bigger uh, picture that you have, or you're you're kind of mapping out a larger plan for five years? Um, I don't ever have like any five year plan or anything. I kind of just but they kind of make you. <laughs> yeah. So, but in in this case, um, for the that like I've referred to it as a training wheels property. Um, yeah. And that's basically it. So just like learn, for example, even just setting up our bank accounts and everything like that. Um, it's get, fun, huh? And you're doing I mean. it remotely. Like, yeah. How did you even do it? Did you successfully set up a bank? Yeah, everything's account? done. Like, kind of everything's ready to go now. I tried so hard. They would not, like, in my experience is they won't let you. You have to come in face to face. They want to check your so ID and stuff. Mer- Mercury was uh, the bank account that we ended up uh, using. And okay. so that's like fully set up. We have a little debit card and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it worked out really well. And uh, Josh and Mundy, who I follow on Instagram, um, he, he posts a bunch of stuff about that. And I saw him buy. I think it was a sixplex in Ohio mm-hmm. and I just I DM him and I was like dude please help me figure this out because I need yeah. uh, and he was actually really really helpful in getting like that kind of game plan together yeah so and what corporate structure did you set up it's it's a little aggressive and complicated but it, it was for this future growth potential so yeah. we have like our standard three-tier corporate structure here in Canada um, Nathan and I have a joint corp and that joint corp owns essentially a three-tier corporate structure in the states but um, our lawyer down there recommended that we actually add another tier, which is each LLC for each property. So, so you have an LLC per property. Per property. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than what I have here where I have like my real estate corp that owns stuff yeah. and my property management that doesn't. But okay. down there, each that, that real estate corp, uh, I think it's an LLC. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's an LP. I actually have to look. But, Probably an LLC if you yeah. own it with your Canadian Corp. That's fair. That would be my take. And then underneath yeah. that is another LLC per yeah. property. So that's the slight Sounds variance. complicated. Oh, and man. expensive. Complicated, but, expensive. Uh, hopefully worth it. And um, Yeah, well, that's, how, that's the way you got to look at it, right? Like you're there for a reason to make yeah. money. So, you know, just put the gas pedal down. So yeah. I could see the reason to do it the way you've done it is so you can take money out of your Canadian Corps without paying personal income tax on it. And invest it eventually um but like at the same time we don't necessarily need to bring the money back over here Mm -hmm. um we do want to like kind of aggressively grow over there as well no but what i'm saying is like that allows you to invest money you have in your canadian that's right yeah Yeah. you you can transfer it yeah yeah exactly so versus like the other option is is to take it out personally and then invest it but then you're gonna pay tax on it every time yeah. yeah so it's it's just it's opening the door basically to a bunch of different uh solutions um, I don't even know what those solutions are yet, but it just gives me the chance to do kind of what needs to be done in, in whatever scenario kind of comes up. Yeah. So what do you see as the next move you've More. done? Like you've we already have like four or five in the pipeline that we're working on. So um, they're available and you're writing offers? That's correct. Yeah. Anything accepted? Uh, not yet. But no. it's not even like uh, it's it's the same guy. Basically, he's coming to us with deals. So all oh, the same wholesale. The same, yeah. So it's not he has them under contract and it's basically a matter of us saying yes and paying him some money. So, um, wow, it's just try to figure out like, how do we collect, I don't know, let's just say another 800 K us for our next deal. That's what I love about, uh, the U S like, there's just so many more ways to be a scrappy entrepreneur there. There's so many ways to make money. Uh, it's so much more of the wild West compared to, <laughs> to Canada. There's, um, I, I just met this guy yesterday. Uh, he used to export cars yeah that was his business model um from canada to europe china japan um, really I, 
And I just thought that was such a cool thing because he, he explained it as this game between the dealership and the company that makes the cars. The company that makes the cars doesn't want them exported, but the dealership wants to sell them. Yeah. So in order to get around that, you basically have to have like a sale to a Canada corp. Yeah. Yeah. They, then, they have to sell it in Canada and vice versa. Like there's like from the manufacturer, they, yeah. they earmark certain cars for certain places yeah. and it has to go to those places. But that's like yeah. an example of a Canadian entrepreneur doing all this stuff through like all mm. the red tape. And then on the other side, you have like these virtual wholesalers in the states. Yeah. Like Google Mapping their way through. It's so cool, making 100k plus a year just Google, yeah. scrolling through Google Maps. Hey, if they're adding value to people, yeah. pay, pay them. for it. Yeah, yeah, pay them. Like I, I love it. <laughs> on the, the car topic, my uh, my wife's uncle, he uh, he would take Canadian cars and sell them to uh, the U.S. He'd go to there auction go. and he 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 was doing like 120 cars a month that's at like a two thousand dollar margin per car that's insane like so he was gonna retire and then he figured this like arbitrage scenario where this you know this wholesale was paying x and he could buy for y and he just was just loading them up onto trucks sending them down there 120 a month can you imagine that yeah uh and just you know you know i can understand why he didn't retire so he unretired for like three years to just crush this out and then said okay i'm done <laughs> yeah fair yeah that that's pretty cool again love it and i think there's there's still huge opportunity for that Agreed. for anyone who wants to go figure out the import license mm-hmm. or figure out how to get the cross the just those barriers the as soon as you cross. yeah those barriers yeah. are barriers to entry for anybody else because lazy people won't do that it'll take yeah. somebody who's determined to do that yeah. gets off netflix and then call actually you gets up and do, does something <laughs> yeah I think that's the, the you know the biggest thing now is like the you know not a lot of people want to put in the work right like people who listen yeah. to this podcast are like kind of more scrap yeah we're appreciating like, the crier right entrepreneurs now, so. here right yeah. but this is a very this is niche yeah yeah definitely yeah. preaching to the choir for anyone listening to this um, for sure so yeah uh, I hope so anyway although they might they might have found the wrong podcast yeah <laughs> hey, maybe they yeah what, what's the real rule thirty five of the internet whatever that is so rule thirty five well it's uh basically there's a porn of anything. Okay. So maybe there's some Andrew Hines uh, porn out there, whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> anything, anything on the internet, some Reddit rule. Reddit rule, okay. I, I have no idea what that means, but maybe I'll look into that later. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on in Canada. I know you're obviously positioning yourself so that you can transition to the States. I've been yeah. working on the same, um, you know, slowly, because it's a big business plan. and. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've been more focused on growing the business rather than writing out a formal business plan uh, because those are two different things. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but what's going on in Canada? You know, are you still working to build stuff here or are you sort of just shifting gears and now it's pure U.S.? Um, it really kind of depends on the deal. So like uh, all my um, quote unquote smaller stuff now, like my duplex, triplex, fourplex type of stuff, I am OK to sell and whatever. If the deal comes up, I have, I think, one or two listed. I I don't even like think about that stuff anymore. It's just making money and if it sells it sells if it doesn't it doesn't. Like I just kind of it's it's doing that thing. So my apartment building on the other hand, that's about to refi with CMHC and uh, hold on to that. How many minutes? 33. And where is that? London. In London. Oh, 33 in London. That's a good so, thing to have. Yeah, it's uh, that's why like it doesn't really make sense to sell it right now. Whereabouts um, is it? Uh, like uh central london so adelaide and oxford type area it's okay. right by the palisade and on a bus route and everything like that it's like 30 so just north of there um yeah it would be north maybe a block i think so, i know i think i've driven through the parking lot of oh, that building because that's not you can't hide a 33 unit building. no no that's no it's a, a big yellow beast um I've, i'll have to look that up yeah. i know the area well yeah so that's uh 
Is that something you've done on your own or is that a partner deal? That's just me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, um, I think we were maybe talking about me getting into that last time, um, wanting to do something like that. And, um, yeah, yeah. Then it's when did like, that happen? Uh, August last year. So, okay. And uh, do you mind sharing some numbers about that one? Sure. Yeah. Um, purchase price on that was around 5 million, about like maybe 4.9 type of thing. It was whatever 150 a unit times yeah. 33 was. A um, little bit of closing yeah. costs, a little bit of idiot fund um, that I needed to add there. Um, yeah. But uh, rentals, uh, I've done a bunch of rentals there. So I think I'm in right now. I have to look again, but around 5.5 type of thing all in. Yeah, so you're about a 500,000 um, renovation budget. And what's it worth now? Uh, my last appraisal was before interest rates tanked and <laughs> the market kind of whatever. But it was around $8 million. Eight million, so maybe now it's like seven five or something. Whatever it is, it doesn't even really matter because. Yeah, did you refi it already? Like it's the, in process right now, so like based based on an appraisal for eight. Uh, based on debt debt service credit ratio. Okay. Like they don't even care if it's worth fifteen million. Doesn't matter. It just needs to service. Do you know your average rent in that building? Uh, average, no, but um, your, your gross rent. Gross, like maybe forty seven a year, or sorry, forty seven a month. Forty seven thousand a month. Yeah, something like that. Um, but basically, yeah. it comes out to. Um, I can only get at, uh, that service of around 1.3 ratio, um, like a $4.5 million loan right now because yeah. of in, like CMHC interest rates are four and a half percent. Right. Yeah. The CMHC have, have gone up yeah. big time. So, um, operating expense wise, would you say your expenses are like 35% total? Roughly that. Like yeah. I can, I can pull up, um, more specific numbers. Maybe I have my, my phone here. Give me a sec. I don't mind back of the envelope. Uh, yeah, thirty-five percent is probably pretty good. Um, so sixty-five percent margin. Um, that sounds about right. Operating margin. So if you're worth seven point five, that's a four point seven cap. Yep. Uh, first mortgage CMHC eighty-five percent. Uh, they. I don't remember what they're doing. Well, your DCR would only be. Uh, I think it ends up it's being quite a bit not. lower. It's, on it's the, a lot lower than it's, that. It's yeah. quite a bit lower on the loan to value because I, like we were honestly just going yeah. back and forth on debt service credit ratio. So that 1.3 yeah. at a, because I only did a five-year term. And you're at 4% interest rate now? Uh, five, like four and a half or five almost. So so 4.75% yeah, interest rate. If you wanted to hit the DCR, oh, you're like even lower. You're like... Probably, probably 60%. Like a, like a 60% loan to value type of thing is probably what it comes in at. I'm only getting a, a debt coverage ratio of 1.17. But again, we made some assumptions about yeah, your operating give me a income. I'm pull it up. Yeah. So you can just tell me your total operating expenses yeah. and that would... Here we go. So annual uh, annual income of around 474000 uh, Or sorry, that's uh, effective gross income and assuming 2% vacancy, 476000 Okay, 476. So we're a little less than you were saying before. Okay, so all my expenses end up being um, one hundred and sixty-nine thousand roughly. One NOI of roughly three hundred seven, three hundred eight. Okay, and you uh, do you know what the the mortgage amount you're expecting is going to be? Uh, roughly four point uh, four five. Four four five. Yeah. All right, so. So I've got $11 of cash flow <laughs> in an equal DCR, a one-to-one. So we probably made a mistake somewhere in here. Yeah. So, um, 
because it's a perhaps your new rent roll has gone up yeah there there's there's something in there that we might be missing but kind of the the takeaway that i wanted to provide is that um there's a couple major things i learned this is my first cmhc mortgage Mm -hmm. one is that if you're doing a 10-year term the they'll give you the 1.2 ratio if you're doing the five which and i only wanted the five um mainly because i don't really know what i want to do for the next 10 years yeah um but they had to bump it up to the 1.3 ratio coverage right so So, that's gonna that's gonna beat your loan down which is me meaning that you're gonna have uh you know like a million dollars in the deal yeah something like that probably um yeah so you took that from other stuff that you had sold or refied sold refied and then borrowed as well so yeah um that's basically it's it's on me to make sure that i can cover that appropriately so yeah great asset to have i mean especially in the you know with rents probably going up in the next little while already it's it's coming it's creeping up because when i first started leasing out uh units there i was getting about 1650 for a two bed and right now i'm getting 1750 kind of with no problem and Mm -hmm. i have uh like realtors doing leasing so two bed like parking for one or parking for two on a two bed um parking for one yeah two bed one bath dishwasher yeah and you're you're getting how much for that 1650 1650 roughly um now it's nice units yeah like they're they're turned around pretty decently it's nothing Mm -hmm. like no quartz countertops or anything but Mm -hmm. uh kind of new everything floors paint trim new appliances and laundry and suite no um shared laundry but card op or app Mm -hmm. it's your phone app to actually it's kind of cool it tells you when it's done so that's cool yeah um tenants seem to really like that they don't have to wait um so yeah like 1750 is kind of like what we're kind of easily getting right now and, and realtors that are doing showings are saying oh well we could probably get more interesting yeah, i've got a really nice two bed which i have an existing tenant in, and i have no rent control on it so mm-hmm. i was i just sent out my rent increases and i, I didn't do i just did like the allowable even mm-hmm. though i didn't need to go uh, adhere to that um but i'm always trying to figure out because i only have one parking spot for yeah. a two bed and I, I actually charge 50 for extra parking yeah okay see i don't even have that option yeah unless we start parking on the lawn which i know by law doesn't like yeah yeah they they don't uh, tend to like many things yeah including uh our airbnb stuff that we're kind of briefly talking about right yeah yeah you're right um there, there's some new developments so yeah let's talk about that airbnb in london tell me what's happening yeah so uh as of october 1st there's going to be a bylaw kind of in place that the current council just voted in um limiting airbnb to your primary residence um beyond like many other cities have kind of implemented similar things uh, I actually have a meeting tonight uh, with a bunch of other hosts to try and figure out kind of our next steps forward. Um, if if this is actually like a legal yeah. legal bylaw for them, you know well, what's so. interesting? Like I started just kind of going down this rabbit hole because <laughs> the Canadian Bill of Rights says we have right to uh, life, liberty, and uh, enjoyment of our property, a security of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, how can? Here's my question: How can you have enjoyment of property with somebody else telling you what you can do with exactly. your property? So this is where the the licensing of property, I, I think, actually is at conflict with Canada's own laws. And I'm wondering, do lawyers just not ever argue this? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not sure. We're we're trying to yeah. discuss that right now. I know um one of the like kind of the group ambassadors or whatever that that liaises with uh, Airbnb. Yeah. Um, he has brought something like that up and uh, like a GoFundMe for some legal yeah. costs and stuff like that. So I, I have a feeling that no lawyer is ever going to bring that argument forward. Yeah. I feel like that's big... more of the self-represented uh, type of scenario where, where somebody could probably win on that argument. I've, uh, 
I've heard some interesting stories of people who've done some pretty interesting things using arguments from those laws, mm-hmm. like such as getting their properties off the tax roll, um, which is insane. Um, <laughs> you know, especially in our world, like, oh, <laughs> that could free up some capital. Yeah, um, yeah, like that uh, that apartment as an example, it's forty eight k a year in tax, right? So forty eight k, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to have back in your pocket. That that certainly increase your especially uh, at a five cap in London. <laughs> yeah, that increased the value a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so as it stands, you wouldn't be able to continue your operation. You'd have to switch off and, and they, offer. Yeah, I need to figure. I need to kind of figure that out. But I, I just, I guess, have a couple of other questions. Then, like, what if, um, what if someone's arbitraging one of my units? I own the unit, but they rent from me, and they're my tenant, and they're running an Airbnb. Yeah. Um, how does that bylaw apply to them? Well. <sighs> Here's the thing, like it's the problem is you're so visible, right? Like if you're on Airbnb, yeah. you know, because they can just zoom on. in on the map. And yeah, you know, they're just going to go on and they say, oh, well, you're offering this. I mean, my generally my my approach with them has been like for rental licenses. I until I get a letter, <laughs> it ain't happening. Yeah. And um, yeah, this this is definitely a, it's seemingly an overstep because I think a lot of people are going to invest in Airbnb type product and going to get shut down in all municipalities yeah. because the municipalities act 2001 basically seemingly gives government the right to just do whatever they do whatever they want which i i actually think is incongruent so i just kind of i started with the bylaw and i started going up and up and i'm like wait a minute like that's a direct conflict yeah so um kind of the other thing too is uh the thing the points that were brought up about noise and garbage Mm -hmm. there's existing bylaws to deal with that yeah exactly it's it's unnecessary this is something that could be uh, fought, but again, I think at a at a micro level, it's kind of like the thousand cuts approach. I think individuals can actually just weasel their way out of it mm-hmm. uh, because. But I, I mean, I'm no no lawyer, not giving advice. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I'm just saying, if I were in there, I mean, I might be compelled to to make a few arguments. Yeah. So uh, we have a meeting tonight to kind of yeah. discuss um, what next steps might look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting though. Uh, there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Uh, for um from people that maybe don't understand the bylaw fully or maybe don't know how to pivot their business. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really that worried. We'll figure something out. You can pivot to monthly rentals. That's right. So um, that's the, kind of the other question. What if I'm using Airbnb for only like more than 28 days mm-hmm. type of thing? Then it's not a short-term rental anymore. And it goes to a long-term rental. But is it outside the Ontario Standard Lease? Because they're booking through this platform that has a set contract already. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually know the answer to that question. Um, do they have to just sign a lease as well? I don't know. So. so many questions. I mean, I feel like in general, people are pretty ignorant of the law. Don't read things. Don't yeah. read these. They hear that this thing passed and they just assume uh, it's over. It, it'd be good to read it and just yeah. figure out, Hey, like what's my angle? Yeah. You know? So that's kind of where we're, we're going. Like what if, um, every single one of our, our guests signs, uh, like a weekly mm-hmm. rental on the interior standard yeah. lease. That's, they're able to terminate at any point. What if? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's all worth exploring, right? Like everybody's got to do what they're comfortable with. Yeah. What do the numbers look like on those units now? Like London does not scream Airbnb city, but at the end of the day, it's like, actually wild, man. You get a lot of people coming in for work, I would think. Uh, the the clientele is is quite varied. Uh, you have to remember that London has major hospitals, mm-hmm. multiple major university and college. Yeah, I've always been a the big sports fan. tourism. Um, sports. Yeah, so there's a lot of like um, tournaments, uh, baseball, hockey, volleyball. At Labatt Park, there a lot, a yeah, lot okay. of like even like the hockey is kind of kind of the big part in the, the. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The uh, and the OHL team, even the the athletes coming in um, for the universities and stuff like that too. 
Oh yeah, so. like London as an investor town always liked it because it was because I always called it an island. You know, yeah. it's out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. it has everything. It doesn't rely on other cities. Yeah. It has everything you need: the hospitals, the you know, the education. Um, you don't really need to leave. Yeah, you can just and stay there. Recently, uh, London just got named like the Music Heritage UNESCO type of. I can't, yeah. I can't remember exactly what the the wording was, but um, that's like another like music center. And mm-hmm. like, I don't think there's a designation like that in North America other yeah. than London, which is kind of odd. So interesting. Um, yeah. That's another like kind of thing. So m- the majority of my, my clients are uh, families that are coming in from out of town for their families in the hospital, their kids at the children's yeah. um, like sick kids. Uh, there's uh, parents visiting their kids at school. There's graduations right now. There's a lot of graduations right yeah, now. Big right um, yeah. There's um like they they complain a lot about the parties and the noise and whatever that's not even allowed on the airbnb platform anymore at all and like i certainly wouldn't want someone to come in and trash my unit and then take it off the market for like a week or two weeks or whatever it takes to repair that like that doesn't make any their arguments make no sense so oh yeah but uh i think people who know me don't get me started (laughs) with government overreach government overreach you don't like it not a fan no not, not really um yeah, it's this is one of those things like we could do like a Joe Rogan style f- philosophical debate, which this probably is not the platform for. Yeah, so, fair. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's okay. So, what what do your numbers look like right now? Like, how often are you rented? So, give me an example of a house you have, like kind of a standard yeah. house. I'll pull up some stats here, um, fourplex uh, type of thing. Uh, okay, so units in a fourplex are yeah. all four of the units. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Um, Pull it up right now. So the last 30 days, we got 96.7% occupancy. Average stay is eight days. Average stay is eight days. Over the last 30 days. So what does it what did it make like net to you uh, over the last year after, after Airbnb fees? I, I, it actually kind of mixes it all up, but on average, like twenty three hundred bucks a unit type of thing. Twenty three hundred bucks a unit per like, let's just say twenty five yeah. gross and a couple hundred in cleaning fees. Um yeah, okay. So you're ten grand a month sort of I'd say probably let's just even round that down to like eight, like two thousand a unit after all fees and like yeah. random things breaking and whatever else. So so eight thousand monthly rent. Um, what did it, like what did it cost you to get into that building? Um, three hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. Where is this? Like Hamilton Road or something? No, like um, like downtown London. It okay. Was just, it was a part part of a portfolio. And it, it you just got really it. Well. How recently did you buy this? Uh, December twenty twenty. Okay, and what did you renovate that for? A um, couple hundred grand. So you put like two hundred into it. Yeah. So say you're in for like five sixty-five yeah. um, at eight thousand dollar rent. Uh, man, you're way more than one percent rule. <laughs> and um, what would rents be otherwise? Like you're looking at maybe sixteen hundred bucks. So, so it really is worth it. To, you know, nine hundred dollars more per unit. We're running hospitality, so tell me like about that experience. Sure. Um, so I, I initially, when I first started, it was mainly for the cash flow. I only had one unit, mm-hmm. um, so the amount of time that it took, I didn't even really count. Yeah. Um, now that I, I have about fifteen now, and um, the amount of time that it takes is not insignificant anymore, but it's also not a lot of work. Like everything can be kind of automated through the Airbnb app, mm-hmm. and then the main thing is liaising. Um, to the cleaners and the handymen if things break or if whatever. Yeah. And, and you then, have just a good network of handymen that's in London, right, yeah. obviously. So my, my sister actually has a cleaning company, which is fantastic. So okay. integrating with her is 
seamless. Like we yeah. obviously get along really well and whatever else, but uh, um, that's actually like not scalable mm-hmm. either. So there's other softwares. An example is Hostaway, um, where you can kind of build that integration there, and everyone is on the same page through there. Right. Yeah. But I'm not yeah. kind of there yet. Um, yeah. Um, but, at the end of the day, these things like require attention of people. Uh, a lot of the time, but the more you can automate, the better. Of yeah. course, like you got the door, the keypad doorway. Yeah, oh, that's check-in. that's critical. Like you need yeah. to have like I recommend the Schlesian code. Um, that yeah. one you can change the codes and yeah, like whatever. a Wi-Fi connected. Wi-Fi code yeah. Yeah, mandatory. Like um, yeah, actually, and then when I first started, I just bought those like seventy dollar Amazon like cheapo. Yeah, but they're not connected to Wi-Fi. Not connected to Wi-Fi, and then yeah. one time, just kind of by accident, um, two of the units that are like kind of side by side gave their own codes. Um have the same code oh, so the guests okay. enter the wrong unit oh yeah <laughs> that was just an idiot mistake on my part and um yeah obviously that'll never happen again gotta so. be careful about that yeah. one yeah that's uh that's the thing about airbnb but i look at that task and i think yeah that'd be kind of fun to get into that so we're, we're just doing that right yeah now i wanted to ask you about that yeah yeah so we got our, our two tents launched right now we have trailers on the way we've got um eight more tents that will be launched over the course of the next month beautiful um you know, we might not get all of them launched this year. We'll see. We're really going to shoot to get yeah. them all launched, but they are pretty intensive to decorate. And yeah. Like, uh, you know, manpower has, and woman power has been our our challenge in this uh, in this endeavor. Environment in general. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're we're bringing on people. We've we've been blessed with that really really good uh, camp campsite management. Yeah. So we have a husband and wife team. Uh, they've hired a part time, of course, like we've hired, but yeah. uh, I leave them in charge of it. And then we, I'm sending my trades up from London. Like, yeah. I'm like, get up you there, honestly have to it's, go camp. Uh, you know, help us with what you can. You know, it's 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 a pretty good carrot to dangle because a lot of these trades, like they like it. They yeah, want to oh, yeah. go spend time there. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, we're trying to make more connections in the area and build up our team in the area. Love it. Uh, but yeah, these tents we launched them yesterday, and I think our pricing starts at 175 a night. Amazing. Plus cleaning and HST, and we just uh, we started cranking out list like bookings. It was like six six bookings by noon on the first day. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So, and and yeah. where where else are you you yeah. getting that kind of traction and visibility? So yeah. like kind of on um on for for you like apps like HipCamp might be really useful. HipCamp. Um, we're on Camp Spot. Camp for, Spot is another one, but not for our Airbnb stuff. So right. so our glamping is all Airbnb mm-hmm. uh, and booking. Actually, that's <clears> what I'm most excited about getting on Booking.com. So Hostaway kind of does multi-listing as an example. Hostaway. Yeah, that's like it's their project management um, and like people management type of software. So it'll put so. it to both. But I mean, I know that those two platforms will. You can share a calendar yeah. between them, and they're all they'll like work off of each other. Yeah. So, so I, I haven't actually used yeah. a hostway yet, but um, it, like I, I went through the presentation and like their, their yeah. sales pitch and whatever else, and it seemed really like kind of right up my alley for what I want to do, yeah. which is integrate my teams much better than what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and like, it, I would do it in a second. Yeah. And I, I did look at an automation platform for this, yeah. and we were going to use it, but right now, like we've got a team of uh, you know the four owners, and then we have uh, like our admin assistants, and so we have a team. We're going to feel it out and figure Beautiful. out where do we need automation. Um, we've got mm-hmm. seven trailers to launch, um, and like sites, sites for them. The sites are beautiful. Not a, not every trailer is beautiful. We do have some really cool. Yeah, I saw you painting ones. one. Paint, getting we one painted, painted one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like some of them are going to be so cool. Some of them aren't going to be as as cool until next year. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, we're really even excited as is, people want to just go right. You know, it just being where it is. Yep. Um, 
you know, with with a beautiful surrounding, I think we can kind of get a little bit of a pass on some of the interiors oh, of yeah. these trailers not being modern. Yeah, uh, fair. They'll still be clean, but they're not necessarily modern. That's, um, it's always interesting to me to see, like, before I renovate a unit, mm-hmm. what I can actually get in terms of rent. Yeah, before. Yeah. Before. And then am I going to spend yeah. 20K and, and make that money back in a couple of years? Yeah. Or should I just leave it as is and get slightly less? Yeah. Like, I, I, it's always an interesting experiment to well, me. That's, so that's where we're at right now is, is let's get what we have rented as is. Let's just make sure the mechanical issues are all mm-hmm. fixed. Oh, yeah. And let's rent them as they are. Yeah. And then in the off season, we'll drag them down south yeah. and work on them, you know, somewhere around here where yeah. we, where we have, uh, you know, access to handyman and, and contractors. And then we'll bring them back up in the spring. That's great. And relist them with better photos and all that. So, uh, how does how does financing on stuff like that work? Like, are you financing oh, just the land or all private? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, I mean, if you break down the appraisal and how yeah. it looked, like it, it gave a value on the land, it gave a value on the buildings, and a value on the income potential mm-hmm. based on the sites that we have. And it was a you know kind of a multi pronged valuation. Sure. And uh, yeah, we we were lucky. We came. Our valuation was almost a million more than we paid Amazing. for it. That's sick. So when we got it now, I mean, who knows what's happening now with yeah, with values, but uh, uh, we've done really well. Like we are, we had relatively minimal investment, but we needed a lot of money yeah, to into buy this stuff. Yeah. trailers. Yeah. And, and, you know, so we're buying these trailers and there's no financing on them. Yeah. And, you know, we've got probably uh, the unfortunate part is we do have a lot into every single tent. Yeah. So, yes, they're earning well, but there's like probably $10,000 yeah, yeah. per tent. Even like my units, yeah. my two beds are about 10, 10K or so, 8000 8, right. to, to run up. So the so. tent and the furniture was cheap. You know, it was the expensive part is the deck that goes under them. Mm. That was, you know, seven grand a deck pretty much. Wow. So we're like three grand for the rest of the stuff, four grand maybe. Um, so that's really that, cool, that's though. not something really thought would be as much but i mean with lumber prices it just ended up being yeah. uh, more than we wanted but it was like we're not going to put it right on the ground because yeah. we're asked we're inviting all kinds of problems with moisture and mold and then you uh, also wanted to buy something that can last and last right so. we want it to last so <clears throat> this is the way to make it last yeah. so it's super uh, super busy time right now um I just like see all the monetization possibilities yeah. and I just want to do it all now. Yeah, I'm so I, impatient. I, I feel you. And, and that's like <laughs> yeah. kind of the, it, it's yeah. it's very much like the hospitality industry. It basically requires just that attention. Yeah. Um, fixing the problems quickly and then kind of coming to some resolution if there's a big, if there's a big thing. Like even this morning, I had an issue where from the unit above, water was leaking to the unit below. Yeah. The upstairs, uh, tenant doesn't know anything that's it's happening but the downstairs one's like hey there's like water leaking through the ceiling yeah um and just kind of rectify that as quickly as possible but it's interesting to see also how different people react to these types of situations like yeah for example that's completely out of my control <laughs> but yeah. um the some people will be like hey just a heads up like this is this is what's going on um it didn't really affect my stay but just wanted to let you know other people would be like this was leaking i demand a refund <laughs> and it's like all right well did it impact your stay at all? No. Um, did it like ruin anything of yours? No. Yeah. But it was leaking. So yeah, that's interesting. So tell me, tell me about that. Like the different what personalities. Do you, what do you do when you get somebody who's asking something entirely unreasonable? Because do you, do you risk the bad review yeah. uh, to not completely give in? Like I, I'm all for <clears> giving them something back if it inconveniences them. Absolutely. But to give them a full refund. Um, I, I used to do that. Uh, with uh, with guests that would say, "Hey, like this is wrong, and can I like have a partial refund?" Yeah, um, that if is, they're reasonable. If that's they're reasonable, fine. yeah, work with them and whatever else. Um, I had this one guest. Uh, so again, uh, operational failure on our part, but uh, a cleaning scheduled it was missed. So the guest mm. checked in. The oh. unit wasn't done. Yeah, that's a full refund. 
So, well, we moved them into another unit. Oh, okay. Well, then an upgraded right. unit. And um, they, they had like a 10-day stay or something like that. For, so for the first two days, mm-hmm. um, we're like, here, just stay here. You, you booked a, a two-bed. We're going to give you this four-bed, multi-unit, really nice, whatever. Stay there. But then like after two days, go back into that other unit. And um, they're like, well, you're making us move back and forth. They're right beside each other. You're making us move back and forth, so like we d- we demand a refund or whatever else. A full refund. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's unreasonable. And then we're like, you know what? Like we we understand you had to move. We'll we're, we'll refund those two days, mm-hmm. and then the rest of your stay, like whatever you stay and whatever else. Um, they didn't say anything. They didn't have any communication with us, and we checked in multiple times. Like, hey, how's everything going? Whatever. Um, and then uh, he's like, "Where's my refund?" After he left, and we we refunded the two days. And uh, he left us all one star reviews and like this was garbage and all this other stuff. So now my my kind of blanket policy is just no refunds. I'll reply to that re- review if I need to um, with our full story and appeal it to Airbnb. Maybe um, I've had. So that was one incident that was really kind of shitty. Another one was um, we had like security cameras on the outside of the property, mm-hmm. very clearly visible and everything like that. But uh, the guests unplugged it. Okay. And uh, then we had complaints from the neighbors and whatever else. So um, we told him like, hey, like wrap it up, get yeah. out of here. You're not, you're not welcome here anymore. Yeah. Um, but what I didn't realize is that they can still leave a review after that. Oh, yeah. So even if their stay is canceled and everything like that, yeah. they can still leave a review. Again, all one stars. The only, his only thing was there were cameras <laughs> and all one star reviews. So I appealed yeah. to Airbnb and um, they're like, well, it's not a false statement. So we can't remove it. And I was like, but it's all one star reviews. This doesn't accurately reflect what he was saying, how great it was and whatever in our conversation. Read the conversation. Yeah. And yeah. So again, nonsense like that. But, so, but you lose Superhost when that happens, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even care anymore. Like the Superhost isn't needed, but it is no. a helpful thing, right? Helpful if you're unable to provide value in other ways. So yeah. people will come to where there's value, regardless yeah. of how many stars it is. Yeah. If they want to go there, they're going to go there. So if you can show like... Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's not a piece of shit. You're, you've got like yeah. somewhere in the high fours um, yeah. type of type of rating, um, and your reviews are actually good and representative. People saying yeah. what it is, yeah. Um, and you yeah. have like kind of a good response on the bad reviews. Mm-hmm. I find doesn't actually impact um, anything that nice. much at all. So um, I know like you're kind of foray into the the hospitality uh, camping industry. There's going to be times where like, well, it's, it's hot. Like I need a fan out here. It's like, well, we don't have electricity. Um, it's or, camping. Yeah, it's camping. There's bugs. They didn't give yeah. me bug spray. Like, there's going to be people that just say the stupidest things, yeah. and it's going to probably hurt you at the start, and then you just kind of get hardened to it. Um, yeah. I, I had people complain, like, we had a tornado in London, like, southwestern Ontario. Yeah. One, bad review again, one stars. There was yeah, no the electricity tornado. the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, <laughs> I can't control yeah. it at all. But I just don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to just, like, I think, and I've heard the other side of it, like I go into my my negative comments and I learn from them and I adapt. Oh, yeah. I think there's both, right? There's like, don't get offended by it. It's just feedback. Yeah, How can and I that's why I like to reply yeah. to those um, just to kind of close the loop yeah. for anyone else that's like following up and reading yeah. on it. So like, for example, there was no electricity the entire time I stayed here. One star, like not represented. You replied, there was replied. a tornado. There was like, <laughs> yeah. And anyone that actually wants to book and is doing any due diligence at all, they're going to look. They're gonna look and yeah. they're going to see that and be like, yeah. What the hell? What uh, was? Is there anything you'd like to share uh, that we haven't covered? Um, I, I think we we had a really good conversation over yeah. a bunch of different things here. Um, 
I, I guess for the majority of people listening, they've listened to pretty much every episode that you've ever done, uh, I'd say. Yeah. I don't know. Have they? I mean, I, that's I mean, a lot. I, I mean, my hat's off to you if you listen to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good, like, if you're if they're just starting out, then they, yeah. they see, like, you've, you've created a, as kind of a, that progression so that yeah. they can learn through it. Um, and uh, if, if you're at this episode and you still haven't done anything, like, yeah. you got to get going. Um, yeah, some, some are probably, this is their first episode, yeah. and then others, yeah, they're, they're tagging along. But I, I think that too, right? Like, I think like a lot that have come through, like, are they still listening at this point? Because, or are they, are, you know, off doing? Yeah. But I, that's why I like to get in these, like, these new combos. You know, we talk, we dig deep on a topic that we haven't really yeah. dug into. Um, so this was a cool one, because uh, you're yeah. doing a lot of stuff, man. So it's just it's trying, trying different things. Um, and yeah. I guess for whoever is listening that um, that is kind of curious about, like some new avenue or has like I do that shiny object type of whatever. Let's try it. Just try it. Yeah. Like people are going to shit on you if you do it or don't do it. So I wouldn't really worry about um, that. Yeah. Like I always worry um, personally when like I try something else. I'm like, they're just going to say like, I'm just, it's a shiny thing over here. Yeah. Shiny, but that's how I, that's what I enjoy. Like it's I working, man, you're, I like you're doing a lot of cool trying stuff. it. So um, um, I know there's like the, that mile, mile wide and a, mile deep type of what it, i don't know 10 10 miles deep and a and a mile wide like a laser oh yeah versus uh like a mile wide and a mile deep like you yeah. kind, of, kind of shallow whatever focus and i feel like i'm somewhere in between where yeah um that that shiny thing takes my attention for maybe a couple of months and yeah. it's driven to a point where it can kind of do its own thing like um the apartment building is an example uh it, it does i don't do anything it just they know what they need to do yeah airbnb is like kind of day-to-day stuff here and there but it kind of does its own thing yeah the rentals that kind of do their own thing like management takes yep. care of. and i'm just like kind of top level uh able to look for whatever else it is um that yeah. i kind of get attracted to yeah that's the nice thing and I, i'm i'm with you on that like i just want to at least on the uh i just want to play top level the top play, level yeah. right you play on the top <laughs> level uh, get rid of that minutia the the day-to-day uh find a way to teach somebody else how to do that yeah and, still still working on that for sure yeah. and um various parts of my business but overall yeah. uh, it's coming together cool man uh, where do people find you and reach you uh instagram's probably the best way it's at james.ferns f-e-r-n-z and okay. um yeah probably that or facebook james fernandez so. awesome okay we'll make sure that link is uh, in the show notes and uh yeah thanks for driving up man really appreciate it no worries at all thanks for having me Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. I'll see you on the next one. Uh-huh.